the Best Self Podcast. Today we've got rock star LaTanya Wilkins in the house. Cannot wait for this conversation. She's a best-selling author. She is the maestro with all things culture, leadership, team, globally. We are so lucky to have you today, sister. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, lo- I love your vibe, so I'm really excited for this. Well, this is the Positive and Cool Kid and Chief Encouragement Officer Only Club, baby. So (laughs) you must be all right if you're with us. I love it. There's a lot of good nuggets with you. Mm -hmm. This is the Best Self Podcast. So we do talk about a lot of stuff, best self. And best self also means it's an inside out thing, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. great leadership is also love-based leadership and soul-based leadership. And I had heard you talk about being feeling othered. Previously, and man, I, I just think that's gold. And you have a story to that on when you first felt like you were othered. Could you kind of run us through that? What does it mean to be othered? And can you kind of just make us feel maybe what yeah. you were feeling when you first felt othered? Yeah, it started at a really young age, and I, I wrote, I write about this in my book. I tell a story that is still placated um, in my head decades later. But as a, a child, I grew up in Iowa, small town Iowa, <laughs> of all places. And I was the only black kid in my elementary school. And it was, uh, I didn't really know what that meant. You know, I was just right. kind of going through preschool was fine. I didn't really, there were other kids that they weren't necessarily black. I think there's one other black kid. But when I got into elementary school, it was different. And there was one kid who made me see that I was an other. And what happened, I was painting, I was I was actually coloring a picture. We we're doing some watercolors and some crayons and all kinds of things in kindergarten. And I wanted to color the hair and I colored the hair like yellow. And she told me I couldn't do that. She said, you cannot do that. You are black. You are dark. You cannot color this hair. Right. That does not look like you. And that was the first time. I, mean, I was like five years old and I was like, wow, I'm an other. And as I went through life, I was like, there are other identities that I was othered on. And, right. and so it just, uh, it just became a part of my life. Sometimes it was more difficult than others. But yeah, that's that's that whole concept. And it, I talk about how that also happens in organizations all the time oh, yeah. where there's like a core group and then there's the other group. That's a powerful story. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I mean, we, we had you and I probably had different. We did. We had different upbringings. I didn't always feel othered in the same way. I wasn't always a high self-esteem guy, but I, I've always been Caucasian. So I can't pretend to know what it's like to be your type of other as you were labeled or felt starting at a young age. For other people that feel othered out there, you know, right now a lot of people are, you know, fried between the ears for a a bunch of different reasons. To have this on top of those other things has to be just feel like that the world just, just clamping down on their shoulder. How can someone else become the best version of themselves internally what are some steps they could take if you're speaking to them right now on the yeah. other side of this screen or the other side of this, whatever, how can they become the best version of them? Yeah. So my life, I went through like grade school, 
my parents divorced. I had to move to another town. I didn't fit in there even more. So it was, it was not good. And I, high school was okay. You know, I started being okay. And then I think college was good. I, I kind of found myself. And then after that, I, I would say in my early to mid twenties, like everybody has, you have this crisis, went back to business school. And then I went and worked for corporations and I like large corporations and I was hiding my, my, a lot of myself. Right. And I think what happened is I, I realized that hiding myself was actually not making me move forward any quicker. I was thinking that, hey, if I just hide parts of myself or, hey, if I just try to blend in and assimilate, oh, it's going to be great. Right. Um, you know, I would hear all these people say cliche things like, oh, you know, people will remember you if you're different. And I just, I just never believed that. But that is like really true. Yeah, that is sure. really true. It yeah. is really true. Um, but the, the caveat is that you have to be comfortable with who you are. And so that's when I would say I kind of was forced into it. I had a role at a large company and one day I was doing great. The next day, it just seemed like they wanted me out, even though they didn't say that. It just mm. felt that way. All of my champions had left. And so I think it was just the new regime and they just wanted me out. And I was devastated because mm. everybody that I had done work for um, that wasn't in my boss hierarchy loved me. And so that's what I just, I let myself just do some soul searching. I usually up to that point, Brad, I was always like, okay, I don't like this job. This job doesn't want me. I don't want it. So I'm going to find a new job. But this time I took some time to kind of just be in the pit and just Uh say, gosh, I am not fitting in and I can't live like this. Like I was getting to a point in my life where I was like, I don't want to just be, go to the next corporation, be the next cog in the wheel and not be able to bring half of myself to work. So I would say that if you're trying to embark on that journey, you really have to have a pit moment. And I call those pit moments and they're, they're not easy. And you, but you have to honestly do it. You have to honestly go into that pit. And even when I, early on, when I was doing career coaching, that was one of the areas that my clients struggled with the most. They would come to me and they would say, I just need a new job. Can you just update my LinkedIn? It doesn't work that way. Like if you really, if you don't want to replicate all the old things following you around, you really have to have those pit moments. Right. So we're not trying to avoid friction. We're embracing friction. Right. Right. Yeah. I love it. I talk about the same thing too. We can visit pity city, but we don't want to stay there, But, but it is required. You've talked about how your grandma played a role in your life. Uh, yeah, yeah. But let's talk about G money. Let's talk about grandma. <laughs> yeah, I am very fortunate in that way. And as you can see over the years, I've been able to actually have gratitude for the things that are amazing in my life that a lot of people don't have and I take for granted. Right. I think it's easy for us to focus on the things that we don't have. But I was very fortunate in that. I had my grandma till 93, her mother lived till almost 100, and her sisters lived until they're well into their 90s as well. So I always had these matriarchs that were around, and I didn't always love everything they said to me, (laughs) but my grandma, she was probably one of the ones that was 
one of the funniest, one of the ones that lived, only one that lived in Iowa. So she was oh. a little bit different, okay. right? Everybody else lived in Chicago. And she she migrated to the North because she was fleeing Jim Crow laws because gotcha. my mother didn't want to drink from a colored fountain. And she was just always a light. Um, she was a cafeteria worker for many decades. And whenever I would get stressed about anything in the world, she always taught me. She always had something that she was just like, hey, you didn't go through this. You didn't go through this. It's a cycle of humanity. And she actually was the person that inspired me to write my first book because she was really good with building relationships with people who are different from her, real relationships. And I learned that from her. And I was just like, I had to take a step back and say, wow, this world, like when I look at the world and I look at all these companies trying to do diversity inclusion and it just, it's stupid, like the way that they're doing it. And I knew I had a voice I needed to add in this area, just not just that, but just around culture and how we build relationships with people different. And, And so she was that light that, that actually helped me get there and see that. And so when we celebrated her life, it's crazy. I started writing my book like a month or two later, and the book is not even chronicled just around her. I mean, I have some stories about her, but it really was the catalyst to kind of bring everything together in my I life up to that point. Love it, man. You are, I could just listen to you for 25 minutes. You've got a good vibe, sister. I, I should just oh, thank like, you. maybe thank we you. just yeah, cut right. off my screen and just let it be the Wilkins show. Uh, so you were talking about your book. I'd like to talk about a couple things with that. You've uh, so you're a best-selling author. Very cool. Do you believe that everyone has it in the tank to be a, a best-selling author? Do you believe everyone has a story? I do think everybody has a story. Do I think everybody needs to write a book? No. I mean, I think it's we live in this world that says everybody has to do everything. Like everybody has to get a master's degree. Everybody has to get a bachelor's degree. Everybody has to. Um, start a business. No, I mean, there's different things for different people. And I do, I do think everybody has a story. And I think it's, how do you tell your story? You have to tell your story or else someone else will. So I, I think that's, how do you live your story? How do you tell your story? Like, what did you learn from your story? And that's, that's what's important, right? I think the world lives under a lot of pressure where people just want to get on social media and go viral, or they just want instant gratification. And I will tell you that my success was far from instant gratification. It's still, it's actually still in progress, like building. And so it's, I, sometimes we look outside looking in and, and we think, oh, this person has it all together. I could do that same thing. I can replicate that, but I have scars and bruises that you just don't have. And that's okay. And so I think it's, yeah. Do I think everybody has a story? Yes. Do I think everyone could be a best-selling author? If you want to, yeah. But don't feel pressured. Like you have to do that. There are so many other ways to tell your story. Right. Yeah. I'm just thinking like there's people out there that don't, they have the, I'm not good enough syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Where they, they, they sit on their hands and they don't say anything. So they, they, they believe that they're not influencing anybody, but we're always influencing somebody. Mm-hmm. And you sit us, you and me and we sitting on our hands, not telling our story or not trying to go out and serve anybody doesn't do our community any service. Right. 
No. Yeah, I generally talk to I. A lot of people don't tell their story because they don't feel like their story is interesting. But mm-hmm. there's there's always somebody out there that needs to hear our story. Yeah. And or yeah. or needs our influence, even if it's the person sitting there flying solo that you're walking past, or maybe it's the little kid next to the cash register when you're checking out in a grocery store, and they, you know, your part of your story could be, you know, a lot of your story is gratification and or uh, not 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 seeking gratification, but you're grateful. And so I'm, I'd imagine that when you're at a restaurant, you're always super cool with the waitress or the waiter, and you're always super friendly. Well, there's a seven-year-old on the table next to you that just saw how you were treating them, and mm-hmm. now you're having influence. So we can we can give our story in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I love what you're saying because, like, I also I run a, a couple writing groups, mm-hmm. and one of them, like, I'm the only person that's written a book in that group, but everybody else writes amazing stuff. Right. And there's a couple people that are kind of, they want to move in that direction. And to your point, Brad, it's like, where do they tell their stories? Like, it, cause they're afraid. Well, there's a lot of storytelling groups. I mean, they just started off with storytelling groups. They shared it with all of us, but just start with that. You know, if you're afraid, you know, the world's opening back up, it looks like, yeah. Yeah. but there's so many places to go and just to be able to tell your story, ranging from Toastmasters to, yes. to more local groups. But yeah, I, I think starting there, I, that's how I started. I actually, on a whim, I was still working in corporate and I was like, there's a disrupt HR Chicago um, in my city. And I knew, I kind of adjacently knew the person that started it. And so I said, hey, I'd like to speak. And that was probably my first real speaking gig. <laughs> like, right. I think, yeah, that was like, like real, like, right. like business type. You initiated it. I love it. I, I kind of alluded to earlier, but uh, you know, when I was really young, I was a low self-esteem guy. I, I wasn't always a speaker. I wasn't always running a podcast or writing books or anything like that. I was, I was a low self-esteem dude. And, and it took me going to pity city. It took me, being at lower moments and then it took me investing in me betting on me and i've I've heard you talk about being the architect of your own not in these exact words but being the architect of your own awesome are there any tips you can give people on how they can become the architect of their own abnormally wilkins beastly awesome (laughs) yeah you know the first is the pit we talked mm. about that. The second step I would say is being like, screw it and bringing your whole self everywhere. Like yeah. that, that was when my world changed. After I was in the pit, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then I would just go into job interviews and I'd talk to people and I'd bring my whole self to that conversation. Mm-hmm. So that would be the second. And I would say the third is to pursue something you think you can't do, but you want to do, right? Oh, like, like and it could be like, I wanted to write a book. You know, I kind of went back and forth. I wasn't that kind of person where I was like, oh my gosh, like I will be a failure if I don't. But I never thought I could. And then COVID occurred and I was like, well, I'm sitting here and, you know, I could probably find a way to, you know, write this because I was, you know, working remotely. Sure. um, I don't strongly recommend that because I 
basically <laughs> was working <laughs> all the time. Right. But but yeah, try to do something that you're afraid of, especially after you've been in the pit and you and you start to see what you really want. Yeah, I I, I feel like self awareness, getting real with yourself, is something that's really helped me. Like being real, and because self awareness allows us to get clarity, and clarity allows us to expand which kind of alludes to a lot of the stuff you've been talking about. Like when we can start expanding from the inside out, right. right? now we start to become freaking abnormally awesome. And the cool part about, at least for me, maybe you can, I'm sure you can relate, is that the more I've invested in me, the more everything outside of me has gotten better. Like the more I've invested in myself, the better my world outside of my body has gotten. I think a lot of teachers, a lot of healthcare workers, a lot of people that are servant leaders are struggling right now mm -hmm. because they're, I mean, they're fried. You know, their, their thing, a lot of them, I'm generalizing, a lot of them, their entire life, they've just served others. That's mm -hmm. been their juice. Like their juice is people and they, they want to help people and all this stuff. And I think what a lot of them do is they're not, they're not filling up their own cup. They're filling up everyone else's cup, but they're not filling up their yeah. own yeah. cup. Do you have, I was just trying, before we hopped on today, I was, I was brainstorming ways to, that I could help people fill up their cup. Maybe we can brainstorm a couple ways that people could fill yeah. up their own cup today, maybe? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really good, interesting concept. And I think a couple of the ways that I was able to do that, um, you know, again, it wasn't easy peasy writing a book. Right. <laughs> I don't I make it sound like that. I pursued more just professional training for myself, yeah. um, stuff that I wanted to do. I took some somatic coaching classes, some team coaching classes. You may think that sounds like work. It wasn't, it, it was basically just yeah, I need it for my PCC, but it was also something that I took as fun. Like I, yeah. I wanted to do. I started during, in 2020, I started, I, I adjusted my sleep schedule and I started becoming an early riser. It was something that I knew that I wanted to do. And I, I knew that that was basically my circadian rhythm. Like I, I was observing those. And so now that I'm an early riser, I make time for myself every morning and I go to the gym yeah. um, most days of the week. Then after the gym, I might, so like, especially now, I might pop by a coffee shop just for an hour and mm -hmm. just do a little writing. Um, but, but having time for yourself every day. The third thing about filling your cup is, uh, and this is a newer thing for me, because it's, it's hard even for people like me that have been doing this stuff for a long time. Sure. I just started traveling and just taking, taking trips. Like I took a trip by myself, like a few, like a couple of weeks ago. And I went to a women's travel conference and we talked about traveling around the world. And I mean, it wasn't an industry conference. It was more a, you know, like, like a hobby kind of conference. Sure. sure. And so, yeah, so it was uh, like, like it was leisure travel. And so it was, uh, it was just really nice. I went to new Orleans and I, mm you know, ate a lot of food there and yeah. I met some new people. And, and, and so those are just a few things that I do. And it's, right. uh, 
you know, I was afraid to take a trip by myself because I'd never done it. Like right. I'm usually traveling with my family or my partner or right. whatever. And, and so I, I think that those are some ways that I've done it. Like, again, do something you're afraid to do. Like I was, I was almost not going to take this trip because a friend of mine couldn't go. And I was like, I think I'm just going to go. Yeah. And, nice. but yeah, just, I think that every decade it's different. Yeah. I think we just got to get intentional about it. Right. I mean, right. You're having fun by design going to Louisiana. We gotta be. We gotta. We gotta have family by design. Fun by design. Right. I love that. Yeah. Personal development by design. I love that you're setting boundaries. You're. You know. You're, it feels like you're setting more boundaries. You're getting intentional with your schedule. All that stuff. I feel like that helps us. Helps fill up our cup because, for me, I call it having core values held loosely. Like mm -hmm. I got. This is who I am. This, this is my greatness radius, but inside that I'm going to roam freely, but we got to have some sort of parameters. And I think when you, when we give ourselves a little more design, it eliminates stress and eliminates the fluff in our life because we're not just shooting from the hip. People don't have a plan. They're just treating their life like a hobby. And when you treat your life like a hobby, you kind of, you kind of get what you deserve and you're just stuck in the pit. You're like, you're like, you're singing in the mud. Right. Deal. Right. Yeah. Well, the intentions are so important. And right. one more thing I'll say is like, yeah, I get it. There's no way I would have written a book if I didn't have those boundaries and intentions. Like if I wasn't going to the gym and working out or running, like when I couldn't go to the gym, I, I mean, that was the way that I cleared my head and kept going and just connected with my humanness again. Mm. Um, and so it, it's whatever that is for you, even it, it doesn't have to be that it doesn't have right. to be it might just be going on a walk in the morning or meditation or, you know, yeah, but you have to have that. Love it. You are gold girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> so, Hey, we've got, we've got 30 to 45 seconds left before I kick you to the curb Wilkins. <laughs> okay. And so at the time of this recording, we've got 60 plus countries tuning into Latanya nation over there for 30 to 45 seconds. How would you suggest the people, the audience, how should they start becoming the best version of themselves today? List out five things you've always wanted to do, but you're afraid of, and just pick one and do that. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> do it immediately and reflect on the experience and how it makes you feel. That's, that's, the, that's the closing comment I have. I love it. You were great. I so appreciate you taking the time today to hang out yeah. with us. You yeah, are. Too. You're a person I could talk with. I know I would become a much better version of me if I got 15 minutes of Wilton Nation in my diet every day. Yeah. Be good. We'll make sure we put all your socials and, and all that stuff in the notes. If For those that are out there that are, man, she does. She works with teams. She does culture. She does leadership. She is a best-selling author. Her book is incredible. And she's, she's available. She's not really hard to get a hold of. If you like what you heard today, please reach out to her. She is a rock star and has so much to give. So I appreciate you being with us today, sister. Make it a great day. Okay, you too, Brad.